So wait, did we uh for the for run? Did we choose run before last night? Yeah. Yeah. How, like a, how long ago did we choose like, run? Like maybe like a week. I think the day after so. we recorded last time. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I think because because I like, forgotten and then ended up watching it on my own anyway. Well, there you go. It's the most really? watched movie on Hulu. So really, it's it? the most watched movie on Hulu. Yep, it did it. I saw it, it twice. But there you watch go. it twice. Wow. Yeah. Perfect. Now you're an informed viewer. Yeah. Once with commentary. Oh yeah. And That's once regularly, sure. but you did that backwards. So commentary first. No. Yeah, I always watch movies commentary first. Always. Once with my parents, and once not with my parents. So your parents uh, picked Run to watch. Is that was that like your Thanksgiving movie? Well, no. Well, yeah, it was like our Thanksgiving movie. They're just like, William, what's on Hulu? And I was like, well, we just watched this movie Run. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> I mean that, that saved one? that that probably saved you some time. You don't have to search for some shit. On yeah, movies. yeah, like hunting through movies. That's good. The bane of my existence. The yep. thing I do more, like I I look for movies more than I actually watch movies. Yep. And I it's the same thing with games too. Like I I'm like, what game should I play? <laughs> and I do that um, until I just fall back on the game I've been playing. You yeah, know. it's it's the problem of having so yeah. many choices. Like when you were a kid, you had like five games, so it's like you you had a very limited amount of games to play. But now I my library is just insane. I've been trying to narrow my choices, uh, which you know, it's, I'm just driving us straight into what we've been you know viewing or playing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I watched three 2020 movies in a row as I was waiting for COVID my COVID test to come back so I could. This is some family mm-hmm. uh, for Thanksgiving. I just got mine last night. Not a big gathering. Not a big gathering, folks. Just literally two, two of my family members. Uh, but uh, I, um, yeah, I watched, well, I watched Run first, which is today's movie. Uh, then I watched uh, The 20th Century, which was going to be this, today's movie, but it's not officially out yet. So uh, we, we didn't know if it was like available anywhere to watch. Um, yeah. I, I flew to Canada for that one. That definitely is a very unique movie, and there's nothing quite like it out this year. Uh, very, you know, it's it's German expressionism, but a Canadian comedy. I feel like it could have like a, a decent cult following, uh, but I, I wonder if it gets popular enough. Will we see a return to uh, German expressionism? <laughs> Will it make a return? Uh, because it, it's it's such a it's such a uh, you know an, a neat aesthetic that I guess mm-hmm. the closest we could get to like recreating I mean anything close to that would maybe be Wes Anderson but then again but Wes Anderson has like tangible sets right or like yes. he uses like actual place like houses you know places you could recognize yeah. they're all sets but they're things you could recognize where German expressionism is all about warped architecture warped, surreal yeah. architecture um but still you know very uh, symmetrical uh in, in the framing uh but yeah uh, definitely ch- check it out once it is available <laughs> to watch the 20th century very good and then i watched the stinker of the year the movie that's getting trashed across the board i watched Stinker, the movie that is supposed to, was supposed to be a big Oscar hit, but turned out to be a big fat shit. Oh, you! Oh, oh, oh! I think I know what you watched. Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah. Hillbilly Elegy, the new Netflix film. Ron Howard with Amy Adams. With Amy, Amy Adams. Adams and Glenn Close. Amy Adams embarrassing herself for two hours. Uh, is it bad? Is she no. really that bad? She's so good. No. People. People complained a lot about her performance and Glenn Close's performance. And yes, they are very typical Oscar bait performances. Like every year we every year we get one movie that's like or two that's mm-hmm. like pure Oscar bait, right? You don't like to use the term because then people start using it about like know, the Godfather. Yeah. You could yeah. say, Oh, the yeah. Godfather or like the Irishman or Goodfellas. Like you could be like, Yeah, he, Martin Scorsese is an Oscar bait filmmaker, which he's not just because they get a lot of critical praise and Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. But this movie is designed for Oscar buzz, right? Um, Hillbilly Elegy. 
it is Ron Howard going for the directorial, uh, you know, nomination. Amy Adams clearly wants that nomination. Glenn Close, supporting actress. You know, they're firing on all cylinders. And it backfired big time. Uh, it's based off of some rancid uh, book. That is, uh, <laughs> right? Jesus. <laughs> some stinky, awful book. It's pulled right out of the toilet. It's based Fuck off him. a trash book written by a guy who's friends with fascists in real life. He's a piece of crap. J.D. Vance. Uh, I don't know him in person, but from what I've read, he seems trash. Uh, but the movie kind of gets rid of all the politics of the book. Uh, which seems to be like what the book is really all the book has to say is yeah. you know, pull up your bootstraps bullshit. Gotcha. The movie gets rid of that. And really all you have is just a, you know, poverty porn, I guess. Right. Classic. People have written. So I've seen, I've read some, I've read a really good article about it. <laughs> I'm forgetting where I think it was empire or something. Um, but it talks about how this movie is just like made for like elites about poor people basically oh uh, and amy adams basically yells through every scene she is like the drug ad- addicted mother the 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 bad mother right mm-hmm. she's a bad mom and then glenn close plays uh mima <laughs> nice his nice. grandma and i just want she has like these big glasses she's doing glasses acting she has these big fat glasses she never takes off except for like two small parts and i just wanted to take your glasses and like smash them on the floor my letterbox review was just i've started a challenge to break glenn close's glasses challenge and i'll pay 500 dollars to the first person to do it because it's just like so irritating this performance is all glasses based and like i don't know and this is a wig she's wearing it's just i found it very obnoxious it's the type of shit you see every you see one of these every year, and mm-hmm. you just want it to stop. <laughs> you say, Ron Howard, please stop directing. <laughs> yes, please, Ron. If you listen to Media Boys, stop. Just cut yeah, it I out. Did run. Cut it yeah, out. You did fine. You did, you did your thing, man. I mean, you ended but, uh, on a shit note, but then again, it's not just that. It's not just the performances. It's a lot of other stuff too. I mean, for example, the movie doesn't even get the time right. Like there's a part where he's talking, J.D. Vance is talking about how his area, where he's from, that's where the Hatfield and McCoys, you know, had their little battle. Yeah. And he pulled out his iPhone and, and starts playing Flappy Bird, right? And, <laughs> and, well, this takes place in 2011, this part. He's oh, at, and this lady says to him, oh, oh, yeah. I loved, I yeah. saw, I watched the Hatfield and McCoys miniseries, which came out in 2012. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. So Whoever wrote this movie is an idiot. And the frame, so the framing device is that J.D. Vance goes to Yale now. He's a Yale guy, right? And then it cuts from him trying to get an internship and kind of dealing with his mom being in a hospital and like revisiting his family to memories from the past where basically his mom just yelled and screamed and like whipped him around and like beat him up. And then his his Mima yelled at him and said things like, "You're gonna grow up one day, and you gotta you gotta grow up one day, okay? And you know life isn't a isn't a box of chocolates, okay? You do know what you're gonna get. You do it. You do know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a load of shit. Except not that clever, actually. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's you should have read this movie. I should have read this movie. It. It's it is kind of entertaining. It's kind of funny to actually see them try. Right? It's funny, and it it is comp- you know you're watching for two. I wasn't like bored for two hours, but probably against the movie what the movie was intending because it is definitely just a movie that's just people yelling at each other for two hours or people going look how poor we are and look at this Yale guy. You went to Yale? Yeah. But you were poor once? What the hell? That's crazy. So yeah, it's a bad movie. Definitely deserves the reputation it has gotten, right? It's a stinker. It's the stinker of the year. Mm-hmm. Hillbilly Allergy, but hey, not worse than Scoob. <laughs> hey, Hillbilly. Really? Not worse than Scoob. Not put that one on the... You can go lower. You can watch Scoob. 
I, I apologize to anybody who watched Scoob. Any Scoob heads? Any Scoob heads? Media. Well, Will, have you seen Scoob? No, I've not seen Scoob. Okay, then we yeah we can't all agree that Scoob's yeah, bad. I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah, I'll just sum it up this way for you. It is not a Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> Better really? or worse than Sonic? It is okay. So I didn't see Sonic. It is only well, a Scooby Doo name, a Scooby Doo movie in the sense that the characters are in it, but it is really more of a a setup for a, a Hanna Barbera universe. Gotcha. Which, so there's no real mystery. Space Ghost gonna be in it? Yeah, I, I would think, dude. Like, it's insane the amount of characters they just kind of throw in and set up, and like, just it's all uh, one movie, huh? Yeah, they don't have a mystery to solve. There's no mystery. It's not a fucking Scooby Doo movie. They're 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 supposed to solve a mystery. Okay, I told myself again, once again, I'm not going to get mad at a children's film. <laughs> I'm mad but, at the corporate. This is some corporate bullshit. It's okay? just like boring writing. Like it's um. I mean, we don't need to go off on Scoob right now, but like, <laughs> like go the, off on Scoob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dragons in the dirt. Oh <laughs> the my god, he is. But as like the classic, oh friends breaking up because one's jealous of the other, and the team breaks up, and oh we gotta get uh, back together. Like the Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Scooby movie sucks. Meanwhile, I'm soy facing. Just kidding. Just, just, just kidding. Captain just Caveman kidding. just showed up. Captain Caveman. Funny. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. I think this is the like third episode we've talked about Scoob. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. We've talked about Scoob multiple We've talked about Captain Caveman also. <laughs> I'll sum it up this way. Instead of an exclamation point in that title, they should have used a question mark. Scoob? Okay. Scoob? <laughs> Are we sure this is Scoob? Okay. This is even Scoob. Who I mean, knows? I love Will Forte. Right. Will Forte is great, but he is not a good Shaggy. Oh, he's Shaggy? He's yeah, he plays Shaggy. Shaggy, yeah. He replaces real-life Shaggy. With a fake bad shaggy. Oh, yeah. But, um. What about you guys? I guess I'll go on. Uh, my, my ranting my ranting is too much. I need you, to, you guys to talk now. I thought I was going to play. When you said Will Forte was in, I was like, oh, I he can't, must be Fred. I can't hear Nathan now. Oh, oh Nathan, you, I can't hear you. I can, can hear you. Hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, I haven't, I haven't done as much. Um, I've just been kind of chilling. Like, not. I watched Run. I listen to some music. Um, I've been playing random games. Um, I've, I hit 17,000 gamer score games this month. So, Jesus Christ. Just playing, <laughs> playing games. Two I beat months my, in a row, right? Yeah, yeah, I think last month I was like uh, 10,000 10, gamer score more. I think I hit 26,000 in a month. Jesus Christ, um, dude. But I beat Watch Dogs Legion, and it Did was... You- fun yeah i also be what dogs i, I, I side missions. no well because i'm that burrow i want to do all the burrows i want to get them all done but it's still crashing and i switched it to a different hard drive to see if that was the issue because the last mission was crashing on me every oh. time um but that i looked up if you have your gun out while you go in the elevator if you're playing on the xbox one your game crashes. That's so strange. Yeah, someone at Ubisoft in the forums is like, "Hey, put your gun away, and you'll be a, the game won't crash." And yeah, it was it was weird. Um, but yeah, that that Burroughs mission still crashes on me. So um, yeah. yeah, so I, I kind of beat it and then I stopped. I'm gonna wait till that December patch to get back to it yeah. to do everything. I uh, I collected every collectible. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's good feels good it was a fun game yeah i i enjoyed it uh other than the crashing was a little was very annoying but like i think the game's good like i think it's a fun game every time i exit out of the game i get an error like every single time oh that's strange yeah that's odd i don't know what it is i mean like for an ubisoft game there's a lot less glitches than i you you know you'd expect in the game Mm -hmm. i mean i still get i still get glitches but every time i exit the game yeah there's an error and I'm just worried that one day it'll either completely break the game or, like, break my PlayStation, you know? Well, good because thing you're getting a PS5, right? Maybe. <laughs> Will I be? I don't know. But did I, the reason I got this game on the PlayStation is because, I like, when I get the PS5, 
Mm-hmm. I have wanted it. to. I wanted to have a PS5 yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I haven't beaten it yet. Uh, I actually slowed down. I haven't really returned to it in a few days. Gotcha. But yeah, that's what we've been up to, huh? Besides, oh. we've been. That's like that. Those were the sides that we were consuming in between the turkey. Am I right? Yes. The turkey that is life. Our main event. Oh. Life. Life is like a turkey. Dry. There's a lot of different parts to it. Um, but when you're done good. with it, when you're done with it, <laughs> you're full. And, and you're full of whatever the gases are that are released in your body when you die. So that make you float. And yeah. Time to talk about. Hey, you'll float too. Remember that movie? Open Mike Eagle? Yeah, we'll talk about that one. Yeah, the the album I I haven't listened to in a, in a little yeah, bit. I, I listened to it like five times, but like yeah. a month ago. Yeah. Okay. So so let's let's clear the air on that. Why? It's because we were supposed to do this album that we're about to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna mess up the title because I get the three mixed up. Anime, trauma, and divorce. By Open Mike Eagle, we were going to do this album on the Jackbox episode that we did, but we didn't get the time um, because we spent most of it talking about Jackbox. There's a lot to go through. Six games. Yeah. Well, five games. Yeah. One five. of them. There's five games. <laughs> One of them, too. There's five games. But we didn't have time to get to the album to properly talk about it. So that's what we're going to do now before we get to run um, because, you know, we, we listened to us. I took a bunch of notes. Um, I actually – just re-listened to it right when I woke up because this is oh, a short album. I should have probably done that. Because I got up at I got up at nine thirty, and then we were going to record at ten, so that gave me enough time, right? Though we ended up recording more at ten thirteen, but whatever. Okay, who cares? Nobody cares about that. Let's talk about the album. All right. Open Mike Eagle. He's a he's a rapper, a uh, hip hop artist. Uh, I would say I, I I've been a fan of him. For a while, I think since 2016. He's also a comedian, right? Or 2015. Yep. Yes, he's, he's a also comedian. a comedian. I believe, I'm sure that's where he gets his name from. Open mic, like stand up. Yeah, yeah. Mike. That yeah. sounds that sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, his last also, name is Eagle. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Part Eagle. Mike Eagle. Mike Eagle. Uh, so is his last name Eagle? Oh yeah, Michael W. Eagle the second. Oh. Yeah, Hella Personal Film Festival was his, uh, the album that I first heard of his, and it's it's, it's a really good one. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, dark comedy is usually a lot of people's like um, the first one. So uh, yeah, cool. he just wasn't really on my radar until I think it was like Paul F. Tompkins posted on t- him on Twitter on the album. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm gonna check that out. And yes, he's a he's a, a stand up co- comedian, um, which I'm sure he's a, like a big he's a comedy nerd. He, you know, if he's a stand-up com- comedian, and you know, I'm a and bit Steve of a Martin, bit of a yeah. comedy freak myself, so that you know, I, he references a lot of uh, comedy in his music, like Steve Martin and Jeff also, Dunham. Yeah, yeah, like Jeff Dunham, uh, the Gallagher, the watermelon guy. Yeah, yep, talk yep. about watermelon seeds. You, know, you, you could do a lot with that, like being born. You know, big green orb. He's bald. Maybe call yourself a watermelon. Something like that. Uh, Anthony Fantano. He puts the arrow in his head, right? Man. It's like the little strap-on arrow thing. And he goes, oh, uh-huh. God. Yep, yep. Gallagher dresses kind of and like it, a French guy, right? Like a baker. He has that like, like, he, black he, and yeah. white, and he has the little beret. He has a big He's, mustache, right? He has a big mustache. Mark yeah. Merrick yelled at him on his podcast. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Really? Yeah, he, got, he got pissed <laughs> off at him. He's like, what, what the hell do you do? Like, gets mad at him. As he, he obviously was like a makes guest some... on the podcast, and yeah, he yells at it. Because on WTF with Mark Marin, they're supposed to get personal. You know, they go into their lives, go deep, do a deep dive. But he doesn't. He seems to do a deep dive into his ass. And calls him a piece of crap. <laughs> oh no, Gallagher! He hammers Gallagher like one of his watermelons. I'll say that. But anyway, open Mike Eagle. <laughs> Should have been cool, but 
shoe got screwed up, his shit got burned up, so he fucked her up and she turned big. I got chewed up, that shit fucked me up, so I'ma fuck you up. A kid caught him, that kid grew up and messed this kid up. He fucked her shit up, then she fucked dude up. It all got screwed up, and that fucked me up, so I'ma fuck you up. Took a bad fall, bad fall, look, but we ain't had nothing to land on. Damn, she reached out and put her hands on me. Uh, his music has a sense of humor, for sure. But it also goes off, you know? It does go um, off. Are two things that are on my, my checklist. I like, I, like, I like the little bit of the comedy. Oh, and oh, it's a bop? Oh, for sure. Let me check that off, too. It's Perfect. pretty light on the comedy aspect. So yeah. but cut to this album. This, a, one, this one has a different mood. It's not a mood. comedy album. No, no. This one has a different mood. Because think- of what he's been going through. This is an album where he actually gets personal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and gets open. Mike. <laughs> it's open, Mike. Yeah, like there's, uh, there's hints of it, but it's definitely just like a personal like reflection kind of album. On, it's interesting. On the song uh, Everything Ends Last Year, he gets specific and like actually he doesn't like use any metaphor he's not like you know hiding behind a sense you know humor or anything but he's like openly addressing how everything has gone wrong in his life yeah yeah and he's addressing his his part he had a a business partner they had a show together and they mm -hmm. had a label and it all ended and he thought that he thought that was the beginning of something new and that he was going to get big but it did not go that way yeah, and that's, things went wrong. That's kind of what I like about this album is um, is another thing is like names of songs and song ideas are like comedy. Like I always think about Black Mirror episode. Like the idea Black of like Mirror, a Black yeah. Mirror episode ruining someone's relationship is kind of funny in a way. But when you listen to the song, it is definitely not a funny it's song. It's not a funny song. <laughs> not at all. Well, well, I would say actually it is kind of a funny song. But you think it is, so? But it has, but it it's weighed with the devastation and tragedy of it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's funny. It's funny for someone to yell at a TV show and blame a TV show for things. And his yeah. delivery is very angry, but mm-hmm. kind of has like there's like almost like a sard, like kind of sardonic, self-deprecating sense of humor there like he's definitely very self-deprecating um but it is angry and emotional and yeah i mean the idea of a marriage ending because like a black beer episode i'm sure i know which episode it is it's the one where i'm guessing he didn't say because he does a twitter thread he did a twitter thread which is good to go through while you listen to the album where he kind of you know goes through it and says some things to help uh Mm -hmm. with the themes of the album but I'm sure it's the one, I guess fans guess that it's the one where the couples go through their memory. Yeah, that's, yeah. When, whenever I listen to that song, that was the episode that came to mind, like Cause, instantly. Because like when I watched that episode in high school, it messed me up. Like yeah, Black Mirror, you, I think Black Mirror's lost that ability to like really mess you up. I think it, when it introduced like happy endings, it started going downhill. Because the show used to so be just like, like three happy ending ones. Yeah, it can be happy on. sometimes. Yeah, no, you're not allowed. What to be happy. are you talking? About? <laughs> That's what keeps it spicy. Did Twilight yeah. Zone have happy ending episodes every once in a while? I, oh, I yeah, and that's, like why the, that's why the shit. San Junipero episode sucks ass, right, everyone? <laughs> I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch that one. I heard it's great. <laughs> oh, you never seen that episode? <laughs> that, that was the first one I saw. The episode that's wild. Say, it's considered the best episode. I know it is. <laughs> But I watched the first, I'm saying, I watched the first two series, British, uh, and I was, I was miserable. And it was, yeah, it was great. Sad Wait, sack show. Is I, it, it, I is the only new episode that you watched is the Miley Cyrus one. Yeah, we watched that together. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one? That one stinks. That, uh, yeah, that one does stink. Yeah. That, that's the one that ruined his marriage, I think. But no, yes, I could see... <laughs> I could see how it would Damn, ruin your robot. marriage. Fucking Miley Cyrus ruined my marriage. <laughs> Wait, Robin Thicke can say that. Never mind. <laughs> no, it's the one God with the it. the one with the blue guy who's like uh, the little blue character that's like rude and becomes uh, like the overlord in the end. Yeah, or, or, or. Mm-hmm. it's that one. <laughs> He's like, how could we live in a world where a blue guy takes over? 
Turns out it was an orange guy. And then Trump happened, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, he's just a rude man, and everyone loves him. Yep, and now they're now they're like, yeah, that's what we meant. Because <laughs> if you look at <laughs> if you look at the poster on Letterbox, which I think was I might have been fan made, I don't know. It's like a Trump thing, even though there's zero references to Trump in it because that happened beforehand. Beforehand, yeah. You yep. can't do that, Black Mirror. You can't pretend like you were relevant all along. Okay? Yeah. All right. Copied that community episode. But anyway, back to the album. <laughs> yes. The album begins. I so I like the way this album is very concise. Each song kind of plays into each other. It has a logical, you know, continuation from song to song, right? Yeah. Or a song is kind of a response to another song. For example, the the album begins Death Parade. It, that is about cycling, right? A mm-hmm. tragic, uh, traumatic cycle. And that is like the thesis for the whole album. You know, uh, sort of uh, th- this person caused this, then they did this to the other person, and then they, you know, it came to me. Basically, mm-hmm. just like, and then, oh, and then he's going to send it to someone else. Passing on the trauma, right? Then the next song he goes into is a self-deprecating song. Uh, what I think he is more known for. It is, a com- it is definitely a comedic song. Headass, Idiot, Shinji. Yeah, Headass um, is so good. Yeah. Great song. So that's like the beginning. I, I really like that song a lot. I love the yeah. hook. It's, Great feature. Yeah, that song is um, the only song produced by um, the hip-hop producer Black Milk um, on here. He's one of my favorite producers, and the beat on Headass is just nuts. Like the uh, yeah, orchestral-like really uh, background to it is so good. And I think this is that song, it being the second track, is like wonderful because it sets up a lot. Um, one thing about this album is kind of like dealing with pain and sadness through humor. And I think that song displays it, yeah, that it does a lot. It perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So we're animatized into this. So we've already gone over Black Mirror, which is the divorce portion. The first, mm-hmm. you know, the first song sets up the trauma. Mm-hmm. Anime, the way that ties in, uh, there, are, there are two anime that he references throughout. Uh, one is Neon Genesis Evangelion which is yep. in the title of Headass, Idiot Shinji. Shinji, who is like the protagonist of Neon Genesis, mm-hmm. he kind of refers to himself as Shinji, uh, who is, I guess, I've never, I, okay, once I, oh, I've never seen either of these animes, uh, Neon Genesis, or the other one he references, which is Jojo. Um, uh, he is sort of a idiot. I guess he's an idiot. <laughs> idiot Shinji, right? Yeah, I, he's I, a I stumbling the, character. Uh, I know about the the joke where it's like getting the damn robot shinji i know about yeah. that yeah um and before i move on from headass to talk about the jojo one uh, i really like the line where he doesn't want to offend peter dinklage yeah I, I love that whole bit that was really funny and that's like mm-hmm. you know him being self-conscious and it's just it's it's very good it's a self-deprecating mm-hmm. banger is what i wrote down but then the opposite of that song, kind of the response to Are it you're gonna is... Are you going to skip over Sweatpants Spider-Man here? Well, I'm just jumping around here because Headass mm-hmm. has a direct, a song that is like parallel to it. Anime. Right? Or is completely, well, not parallel. It's more like uh, going in just an opposite direction, right? Uh, it's I'm a Joe Star Black Power Fantasy, where he refers yeah. to himself. He kind of has formed a self-esteem. Um, through the song "What WTF is Self Care." In that song, he talks about kind of living on his own, being single, and trying to do better for himself. And then in "I'm a Joe Star," it's like he's you know formed a self esteem, and that's where he references JoJo. And it's the yeah. complete opposite of Idiot Shinji, where he's like going into yeah he's he's going through a fantasy where he's in an anime, his escape mm-hmm. right, and he's like actually powerful and gets what he wants right. Yeah. And he, he thinks he deserves something. All the self-deprecation is gone there. And that's like the only, that's one of the parts on the album where it's like, that's the only time where he's like kind of braggadocious, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so, uh, Sweatpants Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that might be my favorite song on the album. Yeah, so, and that's a divorce, uh, that's a, that is a divorce song, right? The theme is that he's like starting over after his divorce at yeah. 40 years old it's like well, you know like where do you go you, from here yeah where do you go from there yeah 
and then bad I, stuff. <laughs> there is another one where he references a, a JoJo character I think, in the title. I think, oh, in the title? Yeah, that's Whoa. a... I'm going to say it wrong. I'm going to say it wrong, everybody. Bucciardi? Bucciardi? Which is a character... I, I, read, I read about this. It's a character that can create zippers. And it has a... It, the, has, the song has a motif, which is he's broken the zip again. And that he oh. wishes that he could zip, like... Zip himself down and in like, the body bag, reverse <sighs> body bag, unzip sort of. himself. Yeah, yeah. He wish he could unzip himself, right? Gotcha, gotcha. I I know we're skipping ahead, but how do you guys feel about the live track that ends this album? Oh, on the Joko cruise. Yeah, fifteen twenty feet. Twenty ocean. feet ocean, nah. <laughs> oh yeah, when he raps with his son. Yeah. Oh, that's his son. I did yeah. not know that. I knew <laughs> so, that was his son. So that that song is a a nice levity. It does add a lot of levity. I don't like how quiet it is. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't really like when albums put like a live track as the final track. I never really um, quite got that. But um, I, I, I feel know. like it's more just, of like a I don't know, just a special thing. I feel like that's not actually part of the album. Yeah, yeah. I think you could easily skip over it, which is probably what I'll do. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I just thought it was a weird way to end your album. And it's not like a special edition or anything. It's yeah, the I, main I, album. I just felt like the Joko Cruise happened and he wanted to put that in there. Yeah. It's an. It's like, I, I think that also plays into the theme of, you know, moving on with his life past divorces involving his son right because now yeah. he's a single dad and his son appears twice on this album yeah Ace's bop Ace's bop yeah where he is literally the like hook like the chorus yeah mm-hmm. and apparently i guess uh it's like nonsense words but his son would sing that around the house for years like for year after year he would sing that mm-hmm. it's like bomb diddy bomb bomb diddy bomb 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 or something mm-hmm. like that yeah Apparently, it's like he doesn't know where his son came up with that, but he would just sing it all the time. So he's just like, "Hey, let's let's sample that. Let's use that in a song." That's <laughs> really cool. Cute. I yeah. like I like I that. Like that. It's, yeah. it's it makes Open Mike Eagle, I think, likable. <laughs> like yeah, likeable. like he has, he has a lot of personality, <laughs> even involving his son. Yeah, but but now you're. I'm turning more around. I'm going deep into 50, 15, 20 feet ocean now. <laughs> You're That's a great ending to this album. Yeah, hanging out with his son on a cruise in front of a about crowd. the ocean. Yeah, in yeah. Front of comedian. It's fun. It's, it's fun. Cute. It is He's cute. Just... It's fun. It's a little too quiet. I think they could have mixed it a little better. Right? It's You're just... too quiet. No. <laughs> Maybe I am. I'm gonna find that out later when I'm listening to this episode. Maybe I am too damn quiet, and I'll be pissed off. Why are you so quiet? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But um yeah, it's a good album. Yeah, I like it. I thought it was a really good time. We Not went, a good think, time, but you know what I mean, it's a good album. Like you end well, it like, a, I recommend this listen. I give it one thumb up. I don't think we were talked about like the instrumental album cuz it does get very jazzy, right? On a uh, Yeah. Specifically on yeah i think yeah I that think song only... it gets jazz it gets like there's like a just a part in that song where it's, it's just jazz right yeah it, it's definitely comes from like the producer himself um i forget his name but only two songs on this album is by a different producer everything else is by i think his name uh is golden panda no that's one song it's a uh, frank leone frank leone uh kind of just the jazzy yeah which is cool. I, I love like a nice jazzy like beat. Remember when Kendrick invented jazz? <laughs> I love Kendrick. I'm just I'm just goofing off here. But uh it, gross. Does, it, it has <laughs> on the Zoom call. <laughs> oh, did we were you making gross sounds goofing, in your microphone? Goof, oh, goofing I'm goofing off. off. Yeah, I'm getting I'm gonna get canceled and fired for this. Yeah. Jesus you shouldn't Christ, goof dude. off on a Zoom call. Jeffrey Tubin learned his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I guess final thoughts for the album. He was goofing it on the Zoom cam. In front of this everybody. A, this is My a pretty good one. There. This is a pretty good one, right? Yeah, I like uh, the, you know, um, Open Mike Eagle 
kind of does an autobiography for where he is right now in his life. Some of the, int- some of the uh, vocal uh, portions of the album are actually off of his demo for this album because he thought he couldn't reach the emo- same emotional heights again. Oh, wow. I think, I think, Black Mirror, I think the Black Mirror one maybe was one of those. So yeah, it does that's get- crazy. That that reminds me of um, Mount Erie album, where like he recorded the album like a week after his wife died, just to like get out emotions there. So I like that. That's cool. That's interesting. Right. It is. It is kind of a downward spiral. Which we didn't talk about the edge of new clothes. That is specifically, he's like on the edge of the edge of a cliff. Right. Yeah. Um, it is a downward spiral album, which is different for open Mike Eagle. Usually his songs are full of like, um, you know, humor, uh-huh, comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, not like outright like parody songs or something, but like, you know, there's a lot of usually, what is it? It's um, a lot lighter. It's a lot more it's, fun. Yeah, it's Very social, socially yeah. aware, you know, um, commenting on the 21st century, you know, the world around him. Uh, playing Flappy Bird, but on here he gets he gets he gets more personal and more talks talks about his own life and where he's at. But and um, it's kind of and it's, it's great. It's yeah. great for it. And it's yeah, you could consider it a downer, but I don't. I think it, the songs are are good enough that it's not like a straight up no pressing album. Right? I don't because, think it's like a constant sadness kind of album. No, like, I mean there's no. still humor. I mean there's still humor. He involves his son in songs. Yeah. Right? And there's there's fun songs. There's songs about sad things, but like production wise, um, flow wise, it, it comes off a, yeah. like, a little more fun than you would think. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Will? Before we uh, the Zoom call ends. I yeah, it's uh, it came out this year, right? Yeah, yeah. twenty twenty. I think it's oh, no dream came out this year, huh? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's 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 not my favorite. It might be my favorite it, yeah. um, rap album of the year uh, that I've listened to so far. I, I don't listen to a lot of rap, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm. It's not my go-to genre, but mm-hmm. uh, really good. It's a yeah, I well, I liked it. It's fucking. We all enjoy awesome it. beats. We recommend it. And that even was our if, first. Even if you're not a fan of rap or hip hop, that was our first 2020 thing of the episode. Now here's the trailer for Run. We get to talk about Run. Uh, Diarrhea. Bye. <laughs> Woo! The sequel's called Runs. <laughs> and it's about diarrhea. <laughs> Am I a burden? What? Hey, what is going on? You do everything for me. It's not fair. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. right now but I am doing what I know is best for you I know that I've scared you but I will spend every minute of our lives making sure you never feel that way again Your mom. Am I talking about uh, the movie, or am I asking you to to run away, I, run yeah. run far well, it's away? It's not an exclamation from, point. It's like a period, right? Yeah, it's, it's just run, period. Run. period. This is not a mother situation. This is not mother. <laughs> oh, this is not Scoob. This is not you know Scoob or airplane or I don't know what's a movie with a question mark at the end. Uh, what happened to Baby Jane? 
Yeah, that's the one I can think of right now. What? Dude, happens where's my car? Jane? Yeah, dude, dude where's, where's my, my car? car? This is a. Uh, this is just run, run, run. It's kind of like a uh, Gandalf, right? Run, you fools, or fly. You, he says, "Fly, you fools," or whatever he says. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my god uh, nerd card revoked <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like scoob there <laughs> nerd card revoked <laughs> um, yeah I hadn't seen movies until like earlier this year so it's all good yeah you just got introduced to movies I, yeah yeah. <laughs> for the first time that's why we started this podcast we were like Will needs to watch some movies yeah, let's yeah. introduce him. He's never seen one before. And pretend that we want to talk about music and games, too. So <laughs> we can trick him into watching Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah, show him real oh. art. Yeah. L.A. Story. Um, yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> Essentials. Run. Ex- Good. Exclamation point. Sorry, no. Period. 20, Run, period. 2020, the sophomore film from the director of Searching. Um, oh, that's who right. directed it. Yeah, right. Searching's that's what you too. call it—a sophomore film. Is this, yeah, sir, it's a second movie. A, yeah, sir, searching is a very, very good movie. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I recommend it. So, so are, yeah, if mom, you've seen it a million times, folks, in real life. Mom given medication to their kid, but it's not good for them. It's not mm-hmm. their actual medication, and it's hurting them. And then, you know, you know, like Gypsy, right? Yeah, the What's Gypsy the case. Gypsy... I forget her last name, but um, Gypsy Hyde Pierce. Yeah, where that was a Munchausen <laughs> by proxy, actually in in real life. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. Which um, is also a document, uh, like a. Re reenactment yeah. on Hulu. Yeah. Well, there's oh, also there, there's also an HBO documentary. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the good one. Yeah, What's I like that, that one. one? Uh, mommy, mommy, dead and dearest. Mommy, dead and dearest. It is. Yeah. It's good. If you haven't seen that, watch both of these. But it's definitely like inspired by it because that's like a case for um a mom. Well, even the daughter knew she didn't have all these issues because she yeah. was in a wheelchair in public, but in at home she walked. Yeah. Um. And was on Extreme Home Makeover and uh, just wacky, wacky yeah. stuff. Yeah. Got rich off of hurting her daughter. Yep. And then her daughter ended up killing her. Killing her, yeah. Yep. With some boys she met online. Yep. That's why on run she what are you limits sp- her internet use. What mm-hmm. are you spoiling here? A real life event? <laughs> yeah, that's, this, is yeah. A, this is a real crime. This, this well, actually you're happened. A, you're talking about a documentary, Mommy Dead and Dearest. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that. But uh, yeah. can you really spoil real life? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The great spoiler that we all know is that we all die. We're all going to die. Okay. It's one of the greatest mm-hmm. spoilers of all time. But how will mm-hmm. it happen? Hmm. Who killed JR? Hmm. Who killed Laura Palmer? I don't know. But hey, Natalie run. Wood. This film begins with it's a great, it's kind of, you can, you already know right at the bat that this mom is one of those controlling moms. You, you, we've all seen it before. Uh, it starts by putting us in, you know, there's a PTA meeting where she's like, there's something off about care. her. And she's like, my daughter's doing great. My daughter's the you best work. daughter in she's the, the world. Best da- she's and how fucking dare you? Yeah, she has to put on a front. She's in a wheelchair. <laughs> we know that her daughter has diseases and she's in a wheelchair. She's wheelchair bound. Um, mm-hmm. But all the parents are kind of just like staring at her. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> this person is... Clearly, there's something off about this person. Yeah, but um, this is like the first two minutes, and then the movie like kicks in. This this is another movie that um, starts fast. Like, yeah, it, it gets right it into gets it, like the twenty going, mark. which I really it can always appreciate. Yeah, yeah. It's you are. It's like we, you already know what's going on here. Let's get to mm-hmm. it, right? Exactly. Yeah. This is a a, a thriller. Not super, not like super scary. We've seen this type of movie before. In fact, I'm sure I'm trying to think of other films that it, I could say that like this type of thing happens in. But it's reminiscent to like Misery, maybe. Um, sure, yeah, mi- Misery definitely. Or there's like a, um, there's that scene in Sixth Sense that's kind of like this. Um, kind of like 
maybe your body failing on you would be like killing of a sacred deer. Yeah. Or it, like, uh, it, it's a mix of a lot of different things from thriller and horror genres. Yeah, yeah, it, You've definitely, definitely seen it all before. But super simple premise, mm-hmm. right? It's just a mom and a daughter in a house, really, for the most part. Yes. We don't really leave the house very often. But it definitely it feels like a regular mom and daughter relationship. It's just that you take every parent doesn't want their kid to really leave unless they just don't give a shit and they're a bad parent. But I would say most parents are like when your kid goes off to college, right? They're kind of like, I wish you could just stay here and live with me and not go to college. Mm -hmm. Even if, even if they don't say it out loud, they probably feel that way. Cause it's, it's a, you know, it's a, that's just a natural parental feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they're, they're attached I miss to their my kid. child. They're afraid. they're afraid for their child going off into the real world. You know, yeah. it's college, not really the real world, but going off into the world and, and having and, to live on their own. And this and is the extreme. This is the extreme version of that, the horror version of that. Yeah. Oh, um, Ma, this, is, this isn't the subplot in Ma that she has a daughter in a wheelchair that doesn't, isn't actually in a wheelchair and lives upstairs in their house. Isn't that like... Yeah, she keeps a daughter like locked up in her house. Yeah. Sorry, that was the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Way to bring it back but, to Ma. Yeah, Ma, good. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> more, Way to remind more me. Ma, yeah. Uh-huh. Except take that, take this movie and combine it with like a, a, a proto slasher or something and they have Ma, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Make uh, it a little more goofy. Or a Texas Chainsaw or something because she's... Make it about That's fucking a, doing that movie, shots. That movie's yeah. a whole, it's a whole own thing. I don't know. Yeah, that, that movie. You're derailing that me. Subplot. Don't derail me. Don't derail <laughs> sorry, me. Please. Sorry. Don't mention Ma. All right. My brain goes. It's like Homer Simpson when his brain leaves when Ned Flanders talks. It's like yeah. I'm, now now my my brain is hovering towards Ma. <laughs> but, <laughs> but run. It's um. It's uh. It's like Ma, but better. Sarah, yes. Sarah Paulson. <laughs> Easy to say. Sarah Paulson plays Ma. Uh, and I think Sarah Paulson has really established herself as kind of like a horror icon, right? Yeah, I think Today. that's what she's going for, yeah. Even if she's in, you know, because it's American Horror Story, uh, which that's a whole other thing to talk about. Uh, my, dad, but, my dad, when we watched this movie, he was like, I keep forgetting her name. What's her name? It's like on the front of my mind. She's in SNL. I was uh, like, Kristen Wiig? <laughs> Kate like, McKinnon. That's not, that's uh, not, not Kristen Wiig. Wow. Unless you guys watch Barb and Star. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but she, she's, she's a great actress, right? Yeah. She's really good at acting. Who, Kristen like, Wiig or her? Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. With that. Uh, well, <laughs> SNL does tie into this movie because it's very funny. I like SNL. Actually, you know what? Uh, jokes aside, this movie's about as funny as SNL, as in not very. <laughs> Come on. No, well, fun. folks, uh, it is. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening to me, Deep Boys. It's a daughter being gaslit <laughs> by her mom. Yeah. It's a daughter being gaslit yeah. by her mom, and her mom is trying to keep her there. She doesn't want her to leave. It's that classic parental you know uh you know mothering to an extreme like literally keeping your child locked locked in the house maybe keeping her health down too because she knows that keeps her there it's it's uh it's evil mothering it's mother to an evil extent and um i was getting into how sarah paulson (laughs) has kind of become an icon of horror um even if even if she's in like that awful cool. ratchet thing, which I haven't watched, so I guess I can't really call it awful, but like the idea is awful. <laughs> yeah. Awful, it's an awful it, idea, but it's Sarah Paulson. So I'm it's sure. Good, right? I'm sure. I, I heard it was good. I'm sure she gives a great performance. I've heard it's not very w- worth watching. Oh. She was it in just, glass. She was in glass. She's a good presence, whatever yeah. she's in. She's yeah. memorable. Yeah, she she's does a very it. memorable she, yeah. performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this, she really does a good job like turning the screw in the sense that like at first she seems like a loving mother, even if there's something really off about her, but it's that classic mothering that we all know where it's like, yeah, you just don't want her to go to college 
like understandable. Like you don't want her yeah. to go off into the world. But uh, then and it takes it too far. Keep, you want to keep her safe. You want to keep her in the yeah. nest. But then it's like, oh no, this person's actively destroying their life for their own, because of their psychosis, really, because they're a psycho. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and the daughter is played by uh, Kira Allen, who is this is her first role. Yeah, her first role, and she's um, and uh, she's really she makes- good. She it's needs really a good. wheelchair in real life. Um, she can walk a little, but like in the, yeah. But um, yeah, she's actually wheelchair bound, which I think is awesome. That's, That's good. good. And it really shows because I remember like watching, I was like, this is some of the best wheelchair maneuvering I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Like how she moves around in the wheelchair. Yeah. It seemed like real. And, uh, not like stiff i guess like she's it seems like she's been in a wheelchair for a her, long time her yeah. entire life yeah i especially noted i i i had to look it up because there's one scene where she's going to the pharmacy and she's going really fast down the street and i was like oh wow that's uh, yeah. uh, actually pretty good that's i remembered when uh she was like zooming down she was uh zooming around to uh get to the door mm-hmm and she like used she like grabbed onto the side of the wall to turn around a doorway. Yeah. And I was like, oh damn, that's some That's pro shit. That's some pro shit, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the irony of the title comes in. It's like uh, run, she can't run but she can't. She physically can't. She can't escape, but she physically cannot run. Yeah. So each twist and turn in the movie is it's pretty entertaining. It keeps you compelled throughout. I just think by the end, the movie maybe doesn't know like how to, to maximize that. Right. It doesn't know how to use that to the most messed up or like that most interesting ends without getting into spoilers. I don't want to get into specifics because that is spoiling, but I think by the end it's like, they didn't really know what to do, but they're like, "Eh, let's just do this. (laughs) And it's still fine. It works, but it's not like, you know, it's not like putting its claws in your head, right? Yeah. Um, no, I feel that way. I think, like, as far as, like, thrills go, I, I was on the edge of my seat for most of the movie. Like, it was very yeah. entertaining. I think it's very, like, it catches you. Um, but I do think the ending kind of, like, it, it doesn't doesn't feel like the rest of the movie. It kind of just, um, like, the, like, like you said, it doesn't go the right direction. Like the ending ending, right? The ending ending, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I think this premise deserves, like, an Ariaster, right? Like a really dark and disturbing uh, take on like a like a mother and daughter relationship to really drive home this premise because it, it's it's a dark idea, right? Mm-hmm. It it is it is disturbing, but it's not like I don't know. I I guess maybe like Hereditary is just such a messed up film. Right, oh, and that, yeah. like it's such a high. It's so, I think it feel like for like mainstream horror, maybe it set the bar so high. Yeah, right? but I think Hereditary and this but, are, are different movies. Hereditary, is definitely I just mean that yeah. in the sense like I think this movie needed to be a little sharper. Right, it, it needed to be a little bit more of something that'll leave an impression. Mm-hmm. But where it stands, I think it's a compelling and entertaining film but it doesn't for the the theme and the premise it sh- it doesn't really it doesn't really cut, cut the mustard okay okay doing my Quentin Tarantino impression uh in terms of just how dark it can get and disturbing right yeah but i i guess like for what it is i i might have liked it a, a, a little bit more than you mm-hmm. um just I, I know, like, as a letterbox, I think you gave it a little lesser of a rating than I did. I, scared, I give, give it three, three stars. I gave it a three and a half. I just because it a four. <gasps> Whoa. Uh-oh. All half stars away. Wow. Wow. But, uh, but, like, I guess I appreciate how thrilling it is. I think, like, if a movie, this movie is well made in, like, uh, in a cinematic sense, like, as far as, like, editing goes and how to make you feel stressed out. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it did its job. It wasn't dark, but I feel like it might be the director's style. Cause like, um, 
searching had dark topics but wasn't like a completely like bummer dark of a movie you know what i mean right but it i mean it is a horror film so mm-hmm. like why not go as dark and disturbing as you can <laughs> and a lot of yeah. them, because it's like that is a that's a dark and disturbing premise it is yeah like it's your child like it's a mom keeping their child you know their health down mm-hmm. right and like we've seen that type of thing done in a different way with uh killing of a sacred deer where their health is you know it's a family whose health is crumbling and falling mm-hmm. apart and that ends in a super dark way so <laughs> yes i'm saying that if you're gonna do this premise this is dark and disturbing premise why not turn the screw a little tighter you know mm-hmm. uh it you know maybe it was like on a, a second draft or something and, and like maybe rush into production so they kept what they had i don't know but for what it is it is it's thoroughly you know entertaining kind of you know cheap thrills a little mm-hmm. bit well cheap a little cheap yeah i just but uh, not as che- but not as cheap as like what you'd expect from other Hulu uh, horror. Films. It is the best Hulu horror movie I've seen. Well, it was bought, right? It was meant to come out in theaters yeah. in, on Mother's bought. Day. That so, makes like, sense. So, like, it doesn't have, like, that, you know, fake feeling. Feel. Yeah. Because it it's like made it, by Lionsgate. It feels like an actual movie. Yeah. It's an like, actual movie. It is. As opposed to those Blumhouse after dark things. Yeah. With the holiday ones. Which are not real. Those suck. are not real. Oop, oop, God. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a few of them. Whatever the hell it's called, Goof. Right. I, I didn't watch any of them. Dumb. I've only seen, uh, actually, uh, Red Other Media did a half in the bag on like the wor- what's considered the worst one and what's considered the best one. And they're both pretty bad. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're like, that's like their Black Mirror, actually. That was their like attempt at doing like a Blumhouse Black Mirror. And it failed. And it was just like, let's make the ch- like some cheap horror films, you know, shit them out onto Hulu. Maybe like five people review it. I, where, where's the money going? How are they making money off of that? Because they're, and they're so cheap. Like that's a, like Blumhouse, even like with their theatrical movies, cheap to make. They can make double that budget or and like produce another movie. Like all all the Blumhouse stuff is cheap. Yeah, it just depends on what director you have behind the helm to make it good. And I'm guessing these don't have that power. Yeah. So, uh, final thoughts. I think like this even is, fucking this is worth uh, checking out. Get out. A get out was. I couldn't. I can imagine that being too expensive. It, it wasn't. I'm pretty sure Get Out was. No. Um, it, get Out had like I don't know. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I'm it, gonna look it up. Like, make a guess. Tw- uh, 10, 20 million. Five million. Ten, ten feet. Twenty feet. Oh, I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm just. I'll say, ten million. Okay, and I'll hear this out. It is four point five million. Made it cost wow! four dollars and made two hundred fifty-five point four million off of that. It's amazing what Blumhouse like. They make Get Out, and then they make Truth or Dare. <laughs> yeah. And Fantasy yeah. Island. They're, they're all over the place, but I think all their movies generally, because they're so cheap, they make money back. Yeah. And, yeah. And now they can, after Get Out, on every movie, they're like from the producers of Get Out. Yeah, exactly. Like every single movie. Yep. Yep. It's like it's every, that big of a hit. Every Robert Zemeckis movie is always going to say from the writer, from the director, from the producer, Back to the Future, and Forrest mm-hmm. Gump, right? They did the Halloween movie remake? The Halloween remake? Yeah, the new one. The brand new one. Yeah. And the sequel coming out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're 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 crazy. Did the the, the sinister was, movies? Well, the director, you know, who wrote the new Halloween that came out and directed it? Oh, what's his name? It was Danny McBride. Yeah, and Danny David McBride. Gordon Green yeah. directed. Yeah, David Gordon Green is such a wacky director. I I think he's an interesting. He's crazy. One of those he's, interesting directors. I I won't I won't say good. He's um, like the Bloom House of director, right? He'll make oh. he'll make a, a a really good. You know, great movie, and then he'll make Your Highness. Yeah. He also made that George Washington movie, yeah, he, right? Yeah, he made George Washington, and then he'll yeah. make... Which I've, I've never seen George Washington, but I've heard it's very different from anything else he's ever made. Yeah, that was his first movie, I think. 
Yeah. What but a you're good, high, good. I would call. I would still call him a good director, even if he made like The Sitter. Yeah, he 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 has hints of greatness. It's just sometimes like Your Highness is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Just Prince Prince Avalanche was pretty good. Yeah, I liked Prince Avalanche. I thought Paul Rudd uh, was really good in that one. But how can you go wrong with Paul Rudd? Come on, you can't. You can. <laughs> you can. At, at some point, I mean, what he was in Halloween H H two O, right? Was he in that? Was he? No, he was no, in. Well, Halloween he. Movie. I mean, he used to be in like junk back in the day, but. Have you seen Dinner for Schmucks? Know. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know I'm a schmuck head. <laughs> you're a you schmuck know, for schmucks. I'm a <laughs> schmuck freak. Um, final thoughts on Rock? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good thriller if you, I, if you like sitting in suspense. I know we stuff. didn't talk about it all that much, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's worth, if you have a Hulu subscription, watch it. There, yeah. It's, it's, the best thing you could probably watch right now and it's an hour 30 minutes like it's really like an easy like watch you can throw it on and it'll be over like like that yeah it's a it's a well-made thriller with performances that definitely do elevate the material and make it compelling and i'm excited to see what this director does next i really you know he made two solid movies so yeah yeah let's see what happens next I'm interested. I guess I have to watch Searching now. Oh, you've it's never good. seen Searching? It's great. Yeah. It, it's better. It's better than this movie. Uh, it's just. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. It's. I mean, that seems like a, a specific and kind of unique idea. I mean, like that has been done, obviously, like Unfriended and yeah, other it's, screen movies, but it's a neat idea. Yeah, it's it's been done, but I think it's the version that does it the best. I think. Uh, I think they did a really good job with that. And for a first, first, uh, you know, film. Yeah. You know, wow. I, I mean, yeah. like, Go the off. fact the fact that he went a little bit more traditional with a run. It's uh, it's interesting, right? This is definitely a more traditional horror kind of deal. And searching's not. It's traditional, but not really. It's something different. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess he's a director to follow. Well, folks, do a little Stewie. Do a little Stewie. What's a little Stewie? Stewie. Oh, uh, the fam, the Family Guy guy. Yeah, you know the one that says, "Oh, oh the, the he wants to kill the guy." Kid. That, that, I hate, I hate Lois. Uh, he says, "I hate uh, the woman. I hate the woman." He says, uh, <laughs> "Right, he is mommy." Yeah, mommy, um, mommy, mother. mother. Yep, he does it in the Google commercial. You know? See, he's really smart, but then he like poops his diaper. Oh, That's oh my so god! Dirty. Can you? The so crazy. You know, it's smart because he has a British accent. Yeah, and it's Seth MacFarlane who's yeah. common. He's brain probably genius. one of the smartest writers. SNL, pick up Seth, pick and up then Seth. you'll be winning. Kate McKinnon it's, will become uh, funny, right? Actually, I, I would. That's Seth, that's, <laughs> if Seth's writing for Kate, you know it's going to be funny. Has Seth MacFarlane ever hosted SNL? Uh, I would. I want to say so. I want to say yeah. He probably sang for him too, because that's his. That's his deal. He fucking With loves special singing. musical guest Seth MacFarlane. You know who else loves singing is uh, Will Ferrell. He sings yeah. in every single movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sick that, of it. That, that scene in Step Brothers where he sings like opera. That's him singing. Yeah, he loves every movie. What a king. Um, how come when you type in Seth MacFarlane, the first thing that pops up is nine one one? Because he he almost died in the nine eleven plane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was he was going to be on the nine eleven plane, but he missed really? it. Really? Yeah, he's like Mar- Mark Wahlberg, where he missed the nine eleven plane. Well, if Mark Wahlberg was on, he would have stopped it. Yeah, true. You think Seth MacFarlane would have made him laugh and stopped it? Been like, hey. Uh, fuck it. No, I'm not going anywhere with this. Fuck this joke. Was that Mark Wahlberg? Hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg. Seth MacFarlane's like, this is like that one time I was back home, not on the 9-11 plane. And then it cuts to him back at home. And he's like, I'm safe. Fucking, uh, he did host SNL. So, yeah, what a king. That was probably when he was making that Western. Yeah, Million oh, Ways yeah. to Die in the West 2 starring Kate McKinnon, right? Let's do it. Let's push it. Let's do it. 
And you know, folks, uh, how did you know that movie features a guy poo pooing in his cowboy hat? And you know, it's just like, does he die from it? <laughs> yeah, he's Patrick got Harris, you know, Patrick Harris poops in his hat. Uh, and well, that's the end of the show. Yeah, yeah just, let's end here. I don't know what the correlation between this podcast is and, and pooping and poop, poop, poop. But it's there somewhere. But you it's there. It you know, I'm not going to make we'll the, see you next week. I'm not going to make a self-deprecating connection there. I'm not going to do it. You can't make me. So thanks for listening. MediaBoysPod at gmail.com. We don't know what we're doing next episode, but it's going to be a themed one, and it might be a Christmas episode. Yeah, let's you do it. That shit. Christmas. Yikes. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of whole bunch of spending, and you get a whole lot of nothing from your your kids who hate you. Okay, I'm just gonna say that. Leave it. We resent you. Well, they they hate me. Specific, they hate me a lot. My kids. So. <laughs> Your kids hate Chris. <laughs> we love. They say we hate Chris. We love Christmas. So <laughs> put the Chris back in Christ. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, listeners.